What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as Hamhawks42 on the internet, and today we are looking at a special card from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. That's right, it wouldn't be an episode of Overthinking MTG if we didn't take a look at some upcoming spoilers and really dive into them, take a look at what they can do, what they're all about, and today I want to talk about a very specific one that is that gets my imagination going, which is exactly what I want to see in cards, especially in previews. Like, when we see a new preview, we want to be excited. We want to be overjoyed at the possibilities and see some opportunities here. Um, and especially in early preview season when we haven't seen the rest of the set yet because it gives us an idea of what we can expect from the rest of the set. Not only like what can we do with current cards, but what can we do with future cards as well that are coming in Kamigawa. Um, also, I, I just need to say before we dive into it, or before I pull the card up, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty looks amazing. Um, if, you, if you don't agree with that, I'm sorry, um, but I can't wait. I'm really, really excited. I think the sci-fi elements are going to be fun, um, and it's a return to a plane that I played way back in the day, and I'm very excited to see how it's changed over time. Um, I think they have a really cool opportunity there, and I hope they I hope they hit it out of the park. And so far, it's looking good. So the card I want to talk about specifically today is not none other than Sataru Umazawa. I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation, but Sataru Umazawa is a 2-4 for one blue-black, so Demir, classic colors uh, for the theme of this particular card, and it is a human ninja! Of course it's a ninja, because we're in Kamigawa, and we're in Demir. So what other style would there be but ninjas? Now let's take a look at what Sotaru does. Whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, look at the top three cards of your library. There's a lot to unpack there, um, but I'm, I'm going to get into that in a second. Put one of them into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So you're effectively drawing cards and you have some selection over what those cards are. And this ability only triggers only once each turn. Okay, so you can't like go completely bonkers infinite with it which is good <laughs> that that's for the best now um, because there are there are ways around not necessarily infinite triggers but if you get, were able to get three or four triggers on this in a, in a given turn especially late in the game the amount of value you could run away with is pretty insane um but you can't do that here so the reason that i mentioned there's a lot to unpack in that first sentence is because whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability i really want to point that out ninjutsu is an ability and if you're not familiar with ninjutsu the way that it works and I, i've talked about it on this podcast before but the way that ninjutsu works is if a creature is attack is attacking and unblocked so you have to be past the declare blockers phase you are able to pay the ninjutsu cost of the creature in your hand act it activates an ability that puts the creature onto the battlefield and bounces the unblocked creature back to your hand so it turns them it, it turns the attacking creature into the ninja um basically it yeah, swaps places but the cool part about that is it puts the creature back in your hand as well so you can replay it so creatures with enter the battlefield triggers are great um to synergize with ninjas especially evasive it's like small evasive creatures or creatures with enter the battlefield abilities or preferably both they work great with ninjas um so that's really cool and so what Sar so, uh, satoru does is it refills your hand with more and more creatures or more and more cards as you're activating ninja abilities, which presumably are putting more and more ninjas into your hand, which allows you to activate more and more, more, and more abilities. Now, Satoru has one other key piece of text on it, which says, each creature card in your hand has ninjutsu for two blue-black. That card, that text alone blows my mind. If this had nothing else, that would be worth the price of admission, and I would want this card in most of my decks. Now, it, it works in such a way that 
Satoru is good if you're in a deck that already has cheap ninjas. If you have cheap ninjas, it's great because you get value off that first ability. In a deck that doesn't have any ninjas, you can still get value off the second ability because now all of a sudden, everything's a ninja. Like all of your creatures are ninjas that ninja in for four. That's incredible. Like there's a lot of talk on Twitter right now about like what cards you could and couldn't use as ninjas. Uh, like with Emrakul being the one that everybody mentions. Cause yeah, like a 15, 15 coming in out of nowhere and attacking unblocked. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, you can do a lot with that, but you don't even have to go that far. You can do, you can find a lot of phenomenal cards that have cool effects and cool abilities when they deal damage to a player that, Maybe it's maybe they're just a little too expensive because of that ability is because that ability is very very strong. Or the other thing that's worth noting is once you've cheated the creature into play, they're in play. They enter they do enter the battlefield. They're not they're not treated as like having phased in or anything crazy like that. So you do get any ETB triggers for your ninjas. You do get combat damage to the phase triggers for your ninjas. Um, creatures with incredibly high power um, all of a sudden can become one-hit kills. Like, all of a sudden, a 1-1 flyer that your opponent can't block could suddenly become, I don't know, a Sarah avatar or something that's very, very large, and all of a sudden, it'd just be deadly, and that's, that's game. It's over. Um, that's fantastic. Like, there's so many cool things you can do with it. One card that comes to my mind to use with that ability is Mind Leech Mass which is a card that was originally printed back in the OG Ravnica. It's a 6-6-4-8 with Trample that says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may look at that player's hand. If you do, you may play a non-land card in it without paying that card's mana cost. This is a great example, and this is probably not the best example of a card that you can cheat in with uh, Satoru's ability. Just to give you an idea, uh, this is just scratching the surface on what we can do there. Um... It's fantastic. I, I I gotta say, I absolutely adore this this idea um, because you're able to cheat these huge threats in and then you have them in play. And the other thing that's absolutely crazy from a curve perspective, Satoru is a three drop and it's a two four. So he's got a really big, decent sized toughness. And he's also a human and a ninja, which are two very relevant creature types. And then the fact that it gives all cards in your hand ninjutsu for four, if you play a small threat on one or two, or both, that is difficult to block. So can you imagine a Changeling Outcast, which is an unblockable 1-1 one, one on turn one, anything you want on turn two, maybe a bounce for, for one of your opponent's things, then turn three, Sataru Mazawa, turn four, Mind Leech, Mind Leech Mass, Ninjutsu, Den off the Changeling Outcast. That's just one idea off the top of my head. Um, and we could probably do a lot, we could probably do those kinds of things in standard, we can do those kinds of things in, not, I mean, you can't do out, uh, that, that would have to be historic for, um, and it wouldn't have to be my leech mass. It'd have to be something else. But anyway, I'm just saying this is a situation that will be very easy to set up. It will not be difficult to curve out in such a way that three drops of Taru into a turn four, something huge, some kind of huge monster. Can you imagine? Can you imagine playing in a Demir deck and cheating in a Cultivator Colossus on turn four using Sataru's ability and then playing out three additional lands and drawing three fresh cards? Like, that's something that you'll be able to do with this. That's incredible. Cheating out a Tox Roll, for example, is another fine option that could get absolutely out of hand. We are going to see ninja decks running four Tox Rolls because Sataru Umezawa is available to help cheat it into play. That's insane. It deals seven damage to your opponent's face directly, and then it just completely, it slowly kills your opponent's board. That's incredible. This is going to be, now that said, Sotaru does have one key flaw, which might make it 
borderline unplayable in the current standard and historic environments, which blows my mind, frankly. The fact that I, the words these words are about to come out of my mouth is an indicator of how far we have come as far as power creep is concerned. Sotaru Umazawa is a three drop that does nothing the turn comes into play. There's no enter the battlefield trigger and it doesn't protect itself in any way. There's no hex proof. There's no protection from a certain color. There's no um, indestructible. It's a two, four body. Now the four toughness is real. That helps us burn, I suppose. But this is gonna be a must kill threat on turn three. Your opponent's probably gonna have removal on turn three. So Sotaru Umazawa is probably gonna get picked off the, the, the moment they drop pretty much every time, which is going to be unfortunate. However, if Sotaru survives, your opponent is in for a world of hurt, and that's awesome. Now, the other thing that I find interesting about this card is that Sotaru is an Umazawa, which is a surname that we've seen a lot in Magic in the past. Um, the original Umazawa, if I'm not mistaken, was actually a, uh, a card from Legends named Tetsuo Umazawa, which I just feel like it's worth calling out that this particular surname goes all the way back to Legends, which is very interesting. Now, I don't know the story behind Tetsuo Umazawa. I don't know if they were from... Um, you know, if they were eroded to be from Kamigawa or what the story is there, but it's interesting. When we go into more, the more recent Kamigawa sets, we have Toshiro Umazawa as well, who is the one, the only wielder of the, uh, you probably know him, Toshiro Umazawa was a card in Betrayers of Kamigawa that was interesting. It wasn't particularly great, but it had a cool ability and was kind of a fun commander build around. Like, it's a, it's a neat card, but it was never really phenomenal. You know, it was a 2-2 for 3 with Bushido, which, um, there's, yeah, Bushido, um, that, that's a whole other can of worms, or as they say across the pond, a whole other kettle of fish. Um, and whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from play, you may play target instant card from your graveyard. So when creatures die, you give yourself flashback. And then if that card would be put in your graveyard, it's turn removed from the game instead. So it's kind of neat. You can like chain kill spells together and do some fun things with that. Um, so it's a, it's a cool card. You can do some interesting things with it, but it only works if your opponent has creatures and only if they're dying. Um, so it's a little too fringe to, to use. However, Toshiro is probably better known as the wielder of Umazawa's Jite, which is a card that made a ton of waves across a ton of formats. This card is absolutely phenomenal and incredibly powerful. Um, I just want to call this out because if you're like, Umazawa, that sounds familiar. Yep, Umazawa's Jite. This card was wielded by the Umazawa family, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if we if we see an homage to it uh, or a nod to it in some way in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. I'd be surprised if we don't. I'd be surprised if we don't see a powered down GTA of some kind. Um, this card, however, is probably never going to get reprinted. I'm calling that now. It's way too powerful. Um, although power creep is such a thing that maybe it would fit just fine nowadays. I don't know. But in any event, Sotaro Umazawa has a ton of utility, a ton of interesting abilities. It makes for, it's a legendary creature, so you can play this as your commander. And there's a lot of interesting synergies and interesting counterplay because if you have multiple ninjas that can ninjutsu in for one, two, or three, all of a sudden being able to get multiple ninja triggers or being able to get cheap ninja triggers fast and early with Sitaru Umazawa means that you'll actually be able to potentially, on turns five, six, seven, etc., get value the moment Sitaru hits the field. Because if Sitaru hits the field, you attack with some other team members um, and then cheat in, I don't know, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a good example. Like a Ninja of the Deep Hours, for example. You cheat that in for two, you draw, you draw a card off the Ninja of the Deep Hours, and you get the Sotaru Umazawa trigger. Great, you just drew two cards off of a two-mana interaction. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's, that's just good times. You can get you can get a lot of value out of that. So 
that's one way to build it. The other way to build it is non-ninjas and use Satoru Mizawa as a way to ramp them and cheat them into play. And so you can have Toxtrolls. You can have cards that are even off-color, like Cultivator Colossus. Um, or, I'm trying to think of another good example, Ancient Green Warden, maybe. I don't know. You can, do, you can I mean, Velomachus Lorehold, my, my, my boy, uh, my beloved Velomachus. Although, Velomachus actually is a good example of one that probably is not valuable to use in this case. Because Velomachus Lorehold has an ability that says when he attacks, you do a thing. The when you ninjutsu in a creature, you're activating the ability ninjutsu and placing them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. They are entering the battlefield attacking, which means you never go through the moment where you declare them as an attacker. And so if they have a trigger on them that says do such and such when this creature attacks, that trigger does not occur because that trigger occurs when you declare them as an attacker. So Velomachus has an ability where you free cast something when he's declared as an attacker. If you ninjutsu him in with Satoru Mazawa, you do not get that ability. So all of a sudden, what makes Velomachus such an amazing reanimator target, all of a sudden makes Velomachus not that great of a ninja. That's right, we're talking about a gigantic Elder Dragon not being a particularly good ninja. Man magic is weird, and I love it. So thank you so much for hanging out. This has been a delight. Oh, the other detail that I feel like is worth calling out, I mentioned that ninjutsu is an ability. Your opponent cannot use counter spells to counter ninjutsu. That's very important. So the fact that these creatures are entering the battlefield, you're playing them from your hand. So it's sim so it feels like you're casting a spell, but you are not. That is an ability. So if your opponent is sitting on a disallow or even a divide by zero, now divide by zero is not a great example because they can target the ninja once it hits play, but they cannot char target the ability itself, which is nice. But if your opponent's sitting on a didn't say please or a saw it coming and really hoping to prevent that from happening, nope, nope, it's, it's gonna happen. You better be sitting on a stifle or tail's end, otherwise this is coming into play. Um, and that's just how it works. And it feels great, yeah. So Satoru Mazawa, I cannot wait. The other thing that this tells us about Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is we will probably see a fair number of ninjas, and that makes me very happy. I can't wait to see the black Nizumi, the, the rat ninjas. I can't wait to see the human ninjas in blue and to see what we get from them. That is going to be very exciting. I'm going to be looking at that particular archetype with great interest because I have played a lot of ninjas in my day, and uh, I just find them incredibly fun. So thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate you. You can catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. Please don't hesitate to like, comment, and subscribe on this video if you are watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much. If you wouldn't mind dropping a five-star review in your favorite podcasting app, it would make a world of difference. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.